0: chapter 49 of the ocean waifs this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the ocean waifs by thomas main reed chapter 49 between two tyrants the two birds which had attracted the attention of the catamaran's crew were seen suddenly to abandon their fixed poise in the air and commence wheeling in circles or rather in spiral lines that gradually descended towards the surface of the sea in a short while they were so low that the scarlet pouch under the throat of the male was easily recognisable swollen out like a goiter while the elegant conformation of the birds with their long scimitar-shaped wings and slender forked tails was sharply defined against the blue background of the sky. The albacores no longer took any notice of the baited hooks, but instead commenced darting through the water in various directions until they had got scattered about over the sea. Was it fear of the predatory birds hovering above that was producing this change in their tactics? it could not be that they did not appear to be acting under any alarm but rather as if prowling in search of something not yet visible either to them or to those who were watching them from the deck of the catamaran Ben brace and snowball knew the fish were not frightened by the presence of the birds but william whose experience of sea life was more limited although the albacores did not look alarmed thought doubtingly that they were so Surely said he appealing to his older companions such big fish needn't be scared of them as he put the interrogatory He pointed upwards to the two birds now within a hundred fathoms of the surface Surely they can't kill an albacore if they did they could never swallow it. I should think "Tain't the albacore they be after replied Ben brace nor be the albacore afeard on them not a bit there be another sort of fishes not far away, though we can't see em no more do these sky-blue chaps as be swimmin around us. They be now lookin for em mighty sharp as ye see, and they'll be certain to scare him up in three shakes or shark's tail. What other sort of fish inquired William flyin fish lad same's you and I made our first meal on when we were well-nigh starvin There's a school not far off. The frigates has spied em from aloft, and that's what's brought them a-hoverin' over. They've seed the albacores, too, and they know that these preys on the flyin' fish. They've come down to be near the game. Unless the albacores get their eyes on the wing fish and run down among them, there'll be no chance for the frigates. They can do nothin' till til T'other jumps em out of the water. The Sky Blues don't seem to see em yet, but I dare say it'll not be long afore they do, judging by their maneuvers why ah, didn't i tell thee lad see yonder they be off after something as the sailor spoke several of the albacores were seen suddenly heading in a direction parallel to the course of the catamaran and passing rapidly through the transparent water in an instant after several white objects were seen springing up before them which after glancing for a moment in the air plunged back again into the water not any of the catamaran's crew were ignorant of the character of these objects the silvery sheen of translucent wings as they glittered under the bright sunbeams proclaimed the creatures to be a flock of flying fish of which the albacores of all their many enemies the most dangerous were now in pursuit there may have been several of the flying fish that did not rise into the air but fell a prey to their pursuers under the water and of those that did succeed in springing above the surface there were two that never came down again at least not in the shape of flying fish The Seahawks wheeling above both pursuers and pursued had been watching their opportunity And as the pretty creatures made their appearance above the water Both the birds swooped straight down among the prinkling cohort each selecting a victim both made a successful swoop FOR THEY WERE OBSERVED TO TURN AND FLY WITH A SLANT UPWARD, EACH WITH A FLYING FISH IN ITS BEAK. ONE OF THEM, THE MALE BIRD, DIDN'T APPEAR TO BE SATISFIED WITH THE HOLD HE HAD TAKEN, FOR WITH A SUDDEN JERK OF HIS HEAD HE LET GO AGAIN, PITCHED THE prey SEVERAL FEET UPWARD, AND AGAIN AS IT CAME DOWN TOOK A FRESH GRIP UPON IT. NO DOUBT THIS WAS TO HIS SATISFACTION, FOR ALMOST IN THE SAME INSTANT THAT THE FLYING FISH RETURNED WITHIN THE mandibles OF HIS BEAK. It disappeared wings and all down that dark passage where no doubt many another of its kind had preceded it It was evident that neither of the birds considered one flying fish sufficient for a meal for as soon as they had swallowed those already taken they again placed themselves in position for shooting down upon a second victim and now the crew of the catamaran had the fortune to witness one of those singular incidents that may sometimes be seen upon the ocean a little drama of nature in which three of her creatures all three differing in kind formed the dramatis persona the cock frigate bird on turning to look for a fish victim espied one or that which was likely to become one almost directly beneath him it was a single flying-fish which by some chance perhaps from not being either so fast a swimmer or so swift upon the wing as its fellows had lagged behind the school it was no longer playing laggard and for a very good reason since an albacore nearly full three feet in length was swimming after it and doing his very best to overtake it both were exerting every bit of muscular strength that lay in their fins the former to make its escape, the latter to prevent this consummation. It was evident, however, to those on board the catamaran, that the pursuer was gaining upon the pursued, and this at length became also evident to the flying fish. The tiny creature, as it cut through the clear water, could be seen quivering with fear, and the spectators looked to see it shoot upward into the air, and thus disappoint the greedy tyrant at its tail no doubt this would have been the very course of conduct for the flying fish to have pursued and no doubt it was on the eve of adopting it when all at once the long shadowy wings and outstretched neck of the frigate bird were seen outlined above the sight was sufficient to keep the fish under water a while longer but only a very little while above were that ugly red pouch and craning neck below those hideous jaws ready to open and engulf it there seemed no chance of escape it was only a question of choice as to the mode of death but whether it would prefer to become food for a fish or be devoured by a bird as in itself it partook a little of the nature of or at all events of the habits of both there was not much to choose between them but whether it did not desire to deliver itself over to the enemy most like to itself or whether it was that the latter was now so near as to be almost certain of seizing it it declared its preference for the bird by making a sudden spring which carried it clear out of the water and into the air the sea hawk hovering above in eager expectation lost no time in making the attempt to secure it but whether he was too sure of his prize or from some other unexplained reason certain it is that he gave a practical illustration of the old and well-known adage about the cup and the lip by failing to clutch the prey he was seen darting towards it with open beak his talons cruelly extended for its capture but notwithstanding all his activity the white object that shot glittering past him and dropped into the sea far beyond proclaimed to the catamarans that the exocetus had escaped End of chapter forty nine